Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 147. Today, I want to talk to you about sanctification. That's the next step in our walk with God after we are saved. The Bible says we are justified by faith. The penalty for sin has been taken by the Lord Jesus. He has paid the debt that we owed, not that he owed. And he has declared us to be righteous before the Father. And he has put on our account. He has reckoned our account. He has imputed to us his righteousness. So that when the Father looks at us, He looks at the pure righteousness of Jesus and He grants us entrance into fellowship with Him. But what about after we're saved? What then? Well, I want to talk to you about the second aspect of salvation. When I talk about first, second, and third, sometimes we, in our delineation, we get the idea of importance, but it's not. And some of these things happen simultaneously. And in the eyes of God, positionally, it all happens simultaneously, but then we walk it out. And when we talk about justification, we're really talking about forgiveness of sin and the declaration of righteousness and the uh, imputation of righteousness. When we talk about sanctification, we're talking about something that has already happened. It it happened the moment we were saved, simultaneously, the moment we were saved. Some of you say, well, I I don't understand. You mean God did all of this for us the moment we got saved? I didn't feel a thing. Well, you don't have to feel a thing. You don't even have to remember anything because this has nothing to do with your feeling. This has to do with the act of God on your behalf. The moment you're saved, you are sanctified. Now, that is called positional. That's what I call positional sanctification. That is, you're a child of God. That's set forever. God's begun a good work in you. That is done. It's usually talked about in the past tense, a point in time. It's called the aorist tense in Greek, at a point in time. It has to do not with so much time of action, but the kind of action. It's punctiliar. It is snapshot action. It's something that happens at a point. There's several kinds of aorist tense, but all of them have to do with the kind of action that God is performing. There was a point in time when you came to Christ, you stepped out of darkness into light, you became no longer an enemy, but a child of God. You don't look at God as a judge anymore, but as a father. A new relationship is entered into. And at that moment, you were sanctified. Now, the word sanctified means to set apart. Now, what does that mean? It means to set apart from the world and dedicate something unto God. You see, the moment that you trusted Christ alone to save you, you placed your faith in him, repenting of your sins, all the things that go with that, that moment God set you apart. It was an act of God. He set you apart from the world. He took you unto himself, and he consecrated you. He dedicated you unto himself. And now there is a process of Christian growth, of spiritual growth. 
that's what I call progressive sanctification. That is synonymous in the Bible with growing as a believer. When we become more and more like Jesus, we get to know him. We begin to walk with him. We begin to obey him. But the attitude is implanted in us the moment that we are saved. And God does a work, something we don't feel, something we are usually not aware of. But we come to a place to where God sets us apart. We are devoted to him and we become devotees. We are committed to him. That's what salvation is. For an example of that, I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. As you know, Paul went to Corinth. It was a wonderful, beautiful place. There were people from all over the world would have been there. If you've ever been on a ferry, a fast ferry crossing the Adriatic or Iconian Sea, that body of water that shoots out from the Mediterranean that divides Italy and Greece, I have. And I can tell you, for those of you who have seen Star Wars, it looked like the cantina scene. People were there from everywhere, all over the place, all over the world, different languages being spoken. That's the way Corinth was because it was an isthmus. Corinth was a place where you didn't have to sail around the point of Peloponnesia. You could drag your boat across and there were people there from all over the world to do that. Instead of taking that week or two week trip around that coast of Greece and where there was um, a great danger in doing that, you could take three days and just uh, come across and have your boat unladen. They would pull it across before the canal was built there. Then they would laden the ship again and you could take off to Italy or wherever you were going. And so Corinth had people from all over the place. It was a wealthy place. It's absolutely spectacularly beautiful. So Paul stayed there for 18 months. He taught them and taught them and taught them. And after he left, they blew it completely. I mean, they disobeyed in every area. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians, when he wrote it, he was answering questions that they had. And they said, well, here's what we're doing. Or he had heard what they were doing. And listen to this. Everything they were doing was wrong. They had they did nothing right. They were acting like lost people. As a matter of fact, in chapter 3, he said, you're acting like lost people. You're just totally dumb. Dominated by the flesh. Now, who was he talking to? Well, listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul called to be an apostolos, an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Listen to this, verse 2. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. Now that gives you a hint. That's the body of Christ. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified, E.D. on the end. This was a point in time they had already been saved. They had already been set apart by God in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. That's right. The to be there is inserted and implied. It's not in the text. Now let me read this to you. This is amazing. Now he's talking to these carnal people. Here's what he says. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, that is the ecclesia, to those who are sanctified, that's the same as the ecclesia. He's using this in this construction. The same ones who are in Christ Jesus called saints. All of the people that were there that he was talking to, he said, you're saints. That's right. These carnal people were saints. Why? Because you don't become a saint by the way you live. You become a saint because God makes you a saint the moment that you're saved. And the word saint means one who has been set apart, one who's been sanctified. And so this aspect of sanctification that when a person is saved, the moment they're saved, God sets them apart. 
So he said to them, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And were there good people there at Corinth? Well, of course. Was everyone out of the will of God? No. But as a church, they were not even close to doing the will of God. They were messed up in so many ways. Paul wrote a second letter to them, and we believe that he wrote one that obviously God didn't even want in the Ritatashah, in the New Covenant Revelation, what we call the New Testament, because he speaks of another letter, a sorrowful letter they wrote, and it must have been scalding hot. Now, I'm telling you, 1 Corinthians is a real rebuke as you read through it. You never want to pattern your church after the church at Corinth because whatever they were doing, they were doing it wrong. And Paul called them carnal, fleshly led, fleshly dominated. He said, you're acting like mere men, like lost people, but yet he called them saints. He said, you've been sanctified. That's right. If I would have been there and I would have been saved, I might not have been doing what I need to do, but I would have been called St. Tony. And you would have been called, put your name in there. I had a friend one time, I said, you're St. Louis, because that was his name, uh, Louis. And so all I'm saying is when we are saved, the moment we're saved, we're set apart. That's an ED. That's a past tense. That's a point in time when we pass from death unto life. And we may not act like the children of God. We may not be even be in fellowship with God. But once that relationship is there, it is forever because it's maintained by Jesus himself. Fellowship is moment by moment, and it's maintained through obedience and confession and repentance. That's on our part. The relationship that we have with God is forever, and it is eternal. The moment we give our hearts and lives to Him, we become children of God forever. And that's why Paul told the church at Philippi, the one that's begun a good work in you shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And so we'll look at this again, this idea of sanctification in the next podcast. But for now, I pray this is a blessing to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.